Hello, everybody. My name is Danielle Clardy, and I am your host for the Conversation Series podcast, the podcast where we sit down with different people from different walks of life with different backgrounds, different careers and niches, and hear what inspires them and how they got started. And we're doing it all right here. So let's start the conversation. I have a very special guest today. I have Zach Salway with me, and um, I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell you about himself. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. I don't like I don't get to do a lot of these, so it's kind of cool to be kind of talking about stuff instead of yeah. making stuff at once. But uh, yeah, so my name is Zach. Um, I'm a senior at NC State, and I am the social media guy for the NC State Ice Pack. Um, this year, I'm also making the All Access documentary show, which I hope you watch. And if you haven't yet, check it out because it's pretty cool. I'm a huge hockey fan. I devour hummus like no other person on this earth. Um, I I think that's all there really is to know about me. Um, I enjoy long walks in the beach, you know, all that kind of cliche stuff, you know. I, I guess now it's your turn to ask me some questions. Yeah, I love it. And I was just telling Zach, I reached out to him through Twitter just because he, I, I think he retweets as much Carolina Hurricanes content and hockey content as I do. And I love it because I feel like I do too much of it sometimes. But I was like, no, it's just who I am. It's what I love. Yeah. Um, first question I have recently, we got a new NHL update. What do you think of the retro jerseys? I think, I mean, if you want a really honest opinion, I'm going to just, it's one big, eh. yeah, I just feel like it's a money grab. I mean, there's some cool jerseys, but the thing is with all the stadium series, with all the different kind of throwbacks that you're getting across like tons of different platforms. It just seems like to me, this is another way for Adidas to kind of reel in more money for their brand. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that especially Phoenix's jersey, top tier, love it. Yeah, exactly. So cool. I love the purple and just the overall logo of it. And like, I am a diehard Carolina Hurricanes, like Dallas Stars are my, and Detroit Red Wings are my other two teams. But like, I was like, I'm not even a fan and I would get that jersey. Exactly. And like, I didn't even think Detroit's was that good too. It just like, it didn't deviate much from their regular Jersey, but Phoenix's jerseys, like, like you said, like, I'm not a huge Phoenix fan, but I would buy that Jersey. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You didn't mention you are a Wolfpack. Will you tell everybody what um, you are studying at NC State? Yeah, for sure. Um, I am a senior in business marketing, and then I'm also doing a minor in journalism as well. I wanted to be a broadcaster a few years back, so that's why I added on the journalism minor, but now it's just more so helping me with my writing, so nice. it kind of works itself out. Nice. Where do you want to go in your career? You're asking the tough questions. Uh, <laughs> I can't even answer that to my career counselor. Um, well, the dream is to be kind of doing uh, marketing strategy and kind of big level VP stuff for a professional yeah. hockey organization. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd be fine with doing like creative stuff, like the documentary stuff right now. I love doing that. I love telling stories and I love connecting with people. So anything to kind of work in marketing, social media, videography, any one of those three places, I'd be, I'd be more than honored. I love it. Um, we're going to jump right into hockey because it's just, it's a big part of your life. I think just in general, outside of your love for it. Um, I do have to say when I was doing my research on you, I think one of the coolest titles you hold is mascot handler for Stormy. I think it's just one of the, like, you're like, that's cool. That is so cool. Um, and so you are 
you did do a stint with the special events and promotion staff. Um, you've been with the Hurricanes for almost three years. What is it like being a mascot handler for one of the craziest mascots out there? Man, you're making me feel old, Danielle. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a fun conversation. Uh, well, I prefer to call myself a mascot bodyguard. Just have some fun with it. Mm -hmm. um, but sort of like what's cool about it is it's like it's a stage manager job. Um, besides the thrill of protecting a mascot from four-year-olds and drunk 60-year-old men, uh, you know, it's a pretty fun gig. You got to make sure Stormy gets to where, uh, you know, he needs to be like on time and everything like that. And, you know, being with the Canes for three years, it's been a dream. Like I remember when I was five and I went to elementary school, they had the big old like slap shot inflatable booth yeah. and I got to take a few shots. Yeah, exactly. Like you yeah. remember it back in your day. Oh yeah. And now that I got to work with that and give another kid that chance to feel what I felt like the excitement of hockey at such a young age, that's what kind of drew me to that job. And that's kind of why I want to work in hockey going forward because for a lot of kids, you know, it definitely takes them and gives them, you know, some hope when they're in a dark place and it gives them something fun to look forward to. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. For me, hockey's like, one of my things, like if I'm ever having a bad day and hockey's on, I like turn it on and I like immediately feel better. Like, it's just one of those things that is just such a, like if, for the game that it is, it's such a calmer for me. And it's like, I love, I just love it so much and have so many memories that are wrapped around that game. When was the uh, first game that you went to? Oh God. I think I was three or four years old. Oh wow! So you're like a you're like a really old. Fan. I'm OG. I was at um I was actually at the 0506 when we won the game, the Stanley you Cup. Want, you went to Game Seven? Yeah. Ah oh, man, I went it, to practice that morning, but I didn't go to the game. It's we were actually we had all of the home game um tickets for the whole playoff run, so it was one of those that I like. You know, you have the bucket list, the sports bucket list. You want to see all these different things. And I'm like, I've seen a Stanley Cup being raised. Yeah. So it's one of those things that it's super cool. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the game, it's just some people like baseball, some people like football, and it's, it's always just been hockey for me. I remember the 06 parade too. Uh, Glenn Wesley, if you remember him, he actually threw me a puck when he was uh, riding on his truck. So oh, I'll always remember that. That was awesome. Yeah, we were, we were at the parade as well. And we got... Um, my jersey from when I was younger has the whole Stanley Cup team signed on it. So I was like, I'm not, I'm never getting rid of this. I have to figure out something cool to do with this jersey. Um, just, it just holds so many memories. It really does. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what does a typical game day look like for <laughs> you um, when you, when, you know, hockey season is going? Uh, for the Canes or for the ice pack? Let's do Canes first. Let's do Canes. So um, I actually have a big boy job. Uh, I work at a digital agency in downtown Raleigh for um, this company called Trimark Digital. So we kind of do like a full service uh, marketing stuff for a ton of different clients. So yeah. I mean, for the most part, this started back in February. So figure I go to that job from I think like 10 to three or something like that because I had no class. Um, then I get to the rank about, I would say about two, three hours before game time because when you get there, you have to help uh, Stormy, you know, wake up and, you know, eat his pig food and all that cool stuff. And then Stormy <laughs> kind of sends you to like the game night meeting where you get the schedule and you get the rundown of where he needs to go, if he needs to go to uh, a suite that night. I remember one night, uh, it caught me by surprise. Stormy kind of pulled me in one direction. And I was just like, wait, do, do you know somewhere we're going? And he was just like, just, just come on, come on. I was like, okay. 
we ended up in uh, Justin Williams' suite. Uh, before This is before he signed with the team once again. And then, like, standing next to me was uh, Tom Dundon and then oh. Justin Williams. And then his kid, uh, Justin Williams' kid, comes up to me and is like, is that Stormy? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, what's your name? And I, she was like, Jax. And I was like, Jazz? And she, no, she was like, Jax. And I'm like, oh, Jax, gotcha. So that was a great day on the job. Uh, messed up Justin Williams' kid's name. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but that's pretty much a game day. And then I don't get home usually until about an hour after the game because you have to help break down. Yeah. Um, part of being like a like a bodyguard and all that is you kind of have to help out with the game night stats too, like take down all the promotions and everything like that. It's a lot of running around and planning, but, you know, wouldn't trade it for the world. Hey, I would. that sounds like a dream job to me. I would love to just chase Stormy around and have a ball with him all day long. Um what was the first thing that drew you to hockey? Wow. Um, I would probably say the ASMR sounds of like kind of the skates hitting the ice. <laughs> and uh, I, I see you like that answer. So we're going to stick with that. Uh, yeah. Um, definitely just the crunch of the skates hitting the ice and the puck kind of, yeah. you know, going through its way. And, yeah. and this is a very peculiar thing, but growing up to um, back in the PNC back in its early days, I don't know what it was. RBC. But the smell, huh? Was it? It was back in the RBC Center. Yeah. Yeah. It's the sausage. I don't know what it is, but the PNC Arena sausage smell that just kind of reeks through the concourse. I don't know what it was, but it, it it just brings back a lot of like nostalgic memories when I come in, and um, I I think it's that. Yeah. It's just creating these memories at these games and seeing you know all these awesome goals and seeing the players on the ice and. I mean, I could go on for hours about that. So I could, I'll probably cap it off there. But I mean, there's so many reasons why I love hockey. Yeah. For me, it's the, when you walk in, it's the cinnamon rolls that you smell. That too. The, those uh, are awesome. I just know that I'm home when I smell those. It's a good uh, thing too that they uh, dropped the prices over the years too. God. Oh my yeah. Gosh. Thank God. <laughs> it's still a little ridiculous, but it's, it's getting better, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, you did mention you are a huge part of the NC State Ice Pack. You're the social media manager for them. What does your day look like when you are on NC State Ice Pack? Huge part of the team. Uh, you know, you know, I, I got to be humble a little bit here. Um, I, I play a small role. It's uh, the guys are the ones that are actually giving me the content to work with. So um, we'll, we'll say that. But for the most part, uh, game day – our games are usually pretty late. It's changing a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, we've had a few instances this year that's been pretty cool. So our games against Liberty have been relatively early, around like 7 p.m., 6.30. Wow. So kind of it all starts, I would say, two hours before when we get to the rink. Um, and this year, we have an intern that's helping run like our game day social media, which is something that I did last year. And I don't know if you can see it, but I cracked my phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And because last year during the ACC championships, I was having a camera in one hand and tweeting in the other. So when they scored a goal, I whipped up my camera so fast, I threw my phone on the ground and I'm like, okay, I, I need some help with this. <laughs> so for the most part now, it's been uh, starting two hours before, kind of helping to film everything I need for the documentary series. And then um, you kind of film throughout the game. You kind of get to talk to the guys, walk around the stadium, film the fans. Yeah. And then for me, I stay up a little bit later than usual um, because I have to edit down photos 
make sure I upload all the post game interviews, talk to my intern, make sure he got everything that he needs. So there's a lot of just like planning that goes into it. But I mean, once I get in the groove of things, it's smooth sailing. Yeah. I love, I, I love, I call it, it once I get in the zone, like if I start editing a video and I'm like in the zone, like I can get it crunched out in no time. And that's kind yeah. of like my, I just absolutely love that feeling when you're just like, wow, that took, it felt like it took nothing at all. Um, but I just love being in that area of creativity and just completely editing a video. Exactly. Yeah. For me, like I really didn't pick up video editing until last year. Um, I've been doing it since I was 14, but recently it's just like this whole concept of telling stories. And this is something that I love talking about with people. Um, cause kind of growing up, you know, you definitely go through a lot of times where connection is really hard. Yeah. Um, like talking to people and getting to know people. So for me, you know, being able to tell stories about something that I love, which is hockey is something that's really cool to me. And I grew up always watching NHL 36. I don't know if you remember that show. Yes. Yep. Yep. I watched that show religiously. I tried like emailing the directors, like, can you get some hurricanes on this show? Like, come on. I want to see my guys on here. Yeah. Um, and now I get to, now I'm doing it myself. So it's just that whole, that whole aspect is just amazing to me. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And I think to your storytelling aspect, like I had been doing my YouTube channel for a couple of years and then I hit, like I graduated and I was like, okay, I, love learning, but I don't like, you know, I love the continuous learning aspect of things. I love learning about people and reading like about people's lives and and that whole storytelling aspect. And so I continuously wanted to learn from different people like yourself and hear people's stories. And I think it's super, super important to be able to do those things. Um, just because you learn so much from other people. So what's been your favorite part about this YouTube series? Who's been the most interesting person besides me that you've interviewed? <laughs> I love that. Um, I actually got to talk to Abby Labar um, in the last episode. Went, I, I, I'm out. I'm out. You know. <laughs> and it was like, I didn't actually think like I would actually be able to get her on, but she was so open to doing it and hearing about her experience and it was incredible to hear about how she got into sports. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. I, I believe Abby actually worked at PAC TV, which is where my journey started all the way back in her freshman year. And then I think she went to PAC pride after that, but yeah, her story is definitely amazing. Now she's doing sideline reporting for the ACC. And then now she's the pregame host because Maniscalco got elevated to the play by play. So I love it for her. Like she's killing it. Yeah. Yeah. We talked a lot about that and a lot about um, how she got to that point and just her playoff experience. Cause I talked to her right afterwards. So hearing what she had to say about working with Shane and it was just super cool. Shane is a really good guy too. Uh, I grew up with him. I helped coach his youth camps a couple years ago. So cool. I got to know a lot of people and I was actually in the room uh, an hour before they traded Jeff Skinner. So yeah, that was crazy. I was sitting there putting on my skates and uh, Shane walks in and he's like, yeah, Skinner's gone. And I'm like, are you serious? What? Yeah. So, well, that's because uh, Don Waddell was a very hands-on general manager and yeah. he really takes care of the staff there. So uh, it, it's pretty cool to kind of see like the transparency and everyone kind of knows what's going on and 
everyone's really optimistic there. Like, this is an exciting time for hockey in, in Raleigh, and it's, it's, it's just awesome to see it. Yeah, I love it. Um, now that we are living in a completely different world, what are the different processes you are having to go through um, with the NC State Ice Pack, um, even though they're having their season? What does that kind of look like right now? Uh, for the most part, we've only had four games this semester. Uh, that, and we have to wear masks pretty much any time that we're not on the ice. So for me, that's all the time. For the guys, that's pretty much that. Um, besides that, it's pretty much the same. Practice is the same time, the same schedule. Uh, definitely my role has changed over the year. Now I'm like kind of more hands-on with uh, the team president, uh, with the head coach, okay. uh, kind of talking about new marketing strategies. We're starting our email campaign next week, which, oh God, uh, that's, that's a whole nother story in itself. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, so nothing really has changed. Just make sure that we're wearing our masks, keeping our distance. And yeah. coach always tells us this really good thing. It's, uh, we all want this and we all want to play. And that all involves being accountable to each other. So that's just staying safe, you know, forming your bubbles and, you know, doing everything you need to do to make sure that when you come to the rink, we're all healthy and we're all able to play because at the end of the day, it's a privilege. Like the rinks, you know, barring that, you know, the state's going to shut down most likely in a few weeks. Like we had this awesome opportunity. So to be able to have it even for a few weeks is something that we don't want to take for granted. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I love that, you know, NHL even right now is still working on trying to get, you know, the new season started up again. I love that sports are continuing because I think it's just such a great pastime for us and to kind of have that we're not focused so much on what's going on in the world right now. We have a little bit of a relief and I think it's really nice. Um, sure. I'm so happy to hear that um, y'all aren't changing that much or aren't having to change that much because of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just wearing masks all the time, uh, dealing with mask acne. But besides that, you know, it's all fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much wearing a mask, what it does to your face. It really is. Setting up what I want to talk about next, I want to geek out on camera gear real quick with you because I know that right. your Let's job, you use a lot of different stuff. What is your um, favorite camera to work with? Ooh. So my favorite camera gear, I use a Sony a7 III. Um, okay. It's the best kind of bang for your buck camera. Yeah. And uh, I use a Sigma 2470, which is kind of your standard sports photography lens. Yeah. Um, kind of get a nice focal length, uh, get the nice zoom in, and then a good wide angle. So using that, I was using a Canon kind of starter camera last year, but I upgraded over the summer. So that's cool. I would say my dream camera is the new Sony, I think it's the A92. Okay. Yeah, I think I, that sounds right. It's, uh, it's a bonafide uh video camera but the difference between the a7 III and the a92 is that the screen it can flip with oh. the a7 III the screen can only like come up but you can't flip it around exactly so if you're trying to vlog or anything you have to like constantly be turning the camera yeah i have um the sony a6400 nice okay um, i love it love it um and it's i think i have I have a lens that came with it for like free. And I was like, well, I'm not going to deny a free lens. Yeah. Um, and then I have a 16, uh, just a Sigma 16 millimeter right now. Yeah. Uh, but I want to get a 30 millimeter as well. Uh, yeah. Because I just like, I think a lens does a whole lot for your camera shot. Exactly. 
What gimbal do you use? I'm so curious oh, about this. You're, you're really going to the tough questions. So I was this close to getting a Jean Crane, but I ended up going with the Ronin S. Okay. Um, just because I've used it before, my, I, my friends have given me some great reviews on it, and it does its job. And I got it used this summer for pretty cheap. So, nice. it, again, it, like the Sony A7 III, it's kind of the best bang for your buck gimbal. Um, I definitely want to get the one where you can hold it with two hands. Yep. But um, I couldn't find it. So, like, and I don't use it that much. It's only really when we're shooting kind of promotional videos. But besides that, I mean, it works out. Awesome. And then I, I don't even have one. That's why I'm like, I'm super curious oh, to man. asking. I want to get one so badly. Um, so I've heard that, about the zoo crane and then I've heard about the Ronin. So I'm like super curious. Yeah. I think you, because your camera is a little bit on the smaller side, you could probably go with the SC, which is the cheaper okay. version. Okay. Um, it can handle sort of lighter cameras, but it, it, it works the same. So look into that one. I think that would help you. Awesome. Um, I want to talk about this docu-series that you've mentioned. Um, you have it on YouTube, which it right now is like the feeding ground for all video intake for basically everywhere. Um, can you tell everybody what the concept is around this docu-series, um, what it's about and everything? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, for me, the reason that I created it was a lot of football channels, and I'm not knock against any like videographer for what they do because it's incredible, but a lot of these kind of hype videos and documentary videos like taking back on a game, I call them sort of one-off content Yeah. where um, you make it, you watch it, it's cool, you never watch it again. Yeah. I think with this docu-series, what's so cool about it is, especially for hockey, which is not that well covered in the first place. Right giving you a behind the scenes look, you're going to watch this five, 10 years down the line. Um, and a really good example I always talk about is Michigan State. Um, their all access series with uh, Spartan All Access. Yeah. I still watch their hockey docuseries from 2012. And it's 2020 right now, which I don't know how it is 2020. <laughs> I thought it was like 2023 at this point. Um, yeah, but sort of this whole docuseries is just giving a level of behind the scenes that you don't get to see for an Acha club team. And for me, that was awesome because there's no other team at this level that does this. Right. So it was my kind of chance to kind of find that place and find my niche. And then we're going to grow it exponentially. And already we've gotten a lot of like really good compliments on it, especially through our like recruitment form that we have on our website. So a lot of the guys that are coming in, get a good access to what the program is all about. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what we want to do for the incoming guys. That's awesome. And I have to pause real quick because you just said Michigan State. What is your connection to Michigan? <laughs> my mom is from Detroit. So uh, my family lives right outside of Brighton. Um, I'm okay. a huge Red Wings fan. Uh, go Green. I'm a huge Michigan State fan. Yes. I'm telling you, let's go. So my dad went to, my dad's side of the family lives in Michigan. My dad went to Michigan State. So like I was raised in a Go Green, Go White household. Um, and he's a big Red Wings fan too, but I always love when Carolina and Red Wings play together. Um, yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm like, who are you cheering for, dude? I'm like, who are you cheering for? Exactly. He, he's like, he's like, I'm wearing red. That's all that matters. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Have you ever been to the uh, new little Caesars arena yet? No, I'm dying to go. I really am. I'm really? dying. Have you been? Oh my God. I have not because I'm very broke and I have no money to pay for tickets. So. <laughs> 
I am, I am dying to go. I think I've seen pictures. I've seen videos of it. Um, I think the coolest thing would be to go all the way to the top and see it from up there because people say it's absolutely ridiculous because it, you, like, it, you feel like you're right on top of the ice. Yeah. I'm like, did you ever get to go to game at the Joe? No, my dad did. He went to a games at the Joe and I was so envious because I always, uh, he had videos and he would show me, um, of, of them singing in the octopus and everything. And I was so, so envious of it. And I wish I had the opportunity to do it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd probably think the only thing worse than ticket prices for little Caesars is being a Lions fan, which I am sadly. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I could go on for hours about how much I love the Lions, though. Um, first off, Matt Patricia needs to give the ball to DeAndre Swift a little bit more. Um, yeah. Actually, trust Matthew Stafford. Give him some good players because they've wasted his talent. Um, yeah, I could go on, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep the conversation to you because I don't want to veer it away. This is your show. And, uh, I've, been, uh, <laughs> I, I've been, like, just harassing my dad i'm like i'm like panthers and lions play this weekend i'm like mccaffrey's out i'm like maybe the lions actually have a chance of winning and he's like he's like that's not funny and i was like <laughs> it's a little bit hey you can't blow a fourth quarter lead if we don't have a lead in the first place so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's very very true very yeah. true. um getting back to the documentary i've really yeah. been intrigued with this whole idea of a documentary and a docu-series lately just in terms of me actually kind of producing and putting something together yeah um it it's been on my mind but it was sparked again after the dallas stars put out their whole documentary with being in the bubble um, oh yeah which we're not was, going home right yes which was so cool because i loved how they took you through each of the series and really showed you what bubble life was like but as the person behind the ca uh, camera and putting this all together, you are the director and the producer of this. What does that kind of process look like for you? Well, for the most part, it was really harder when you didn't have games to work with. So I kind of took the big story pieces. So for episode one, it was, we just moved in. Yep. Um, it was getting the team together, focusing on building those connections and then a little practice at the end. The second episode was kind of the preparation for that second Liberty, for that first Liberty match. So that was going to be like the power skating. And then the third episode, and I got a little criticism about why it was so long, which I totally get, yeah. but I think more hockey content during like this time, like you shouldn't be arguing at it at all. Like cool. I gave y'all 20 minutes of content, like <laughs> love it, please. Um, love yeah, but the one thing that I really did for episode three was I built up because I wanted to lead up for each practice what coach was saying leading up to that game because it was the biggest game that we ever played as an organization right um against Liberty's D1 team uh and to be honest with you besides that second period we pretty much played better if not at an equal level to them um we gave up five in the second sadly but we really played well and I kind of wanted to show how hard these guys worked for it Absolutely. And as, as these episodes kind of wrap up, we have another episode coming out tomorrow. So yes. uh, I know once I hop off this call, I got to finish editing that up. But yeah. it's now going to be focusing a little bit more on how the guys are bonding, which is really important because uh, we got to stay in a hotel this time around. So you kind of get to take a little sneak peek onto kind of their off day kind of habits. So some of the guys are chilling outside, just kind of enjoying the sun. Some are playing video games. Like 
So I guess a little advice for you is just for whatever documentary series you want to make or anything like that. And obviously I'm still not a pro at it. I always believe there's room to grow. Um, there's always a chance to upgrade and, yeah. you know, be better. But for you, it's just thinking about what kind of story you want to tell. And yeah. instead of trying to pack it all into one, you don't need to do like a full on storyboard scene by scene, but just have a general idea before each episode, like, okay, what is the end goal that I would like to tell in this story about this particular episode? So, I mean, if it was cooking, uh, I don't know, a creme brulee, yeah. um, obviously the end goal is probably cooking and probably showing you pulling out the creme brulee from the oven. So build that up. You want to show like where you got your ingredients, how you prepped it, how long you cooked it. You know, maybe you're drinking wine while it's waiting to cook. I don't know if you drink or not, but I mean, Hey, uh, do what you do, but if that makes sense at all. So yeah. it's really all about the storytelling, but I mean, if you can nail that down, it, it's such a fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And I like, being on YouTube for three years now, I, a good part of my life has been, you know, shared and a lot of people know, um, you know, the constant people that are in my videos, but I always get questions because there are maybe some gaps that people don't know about or people haven't seen. So I love digging into that part of life and what kind of happens that people don't usually see. Um, so it's such an intriguing idea to put it in a documentary where people can like fully grasp um, right. and see things. And you give the people the opportunity to watch it over and over and over again. And that's what's fun about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think it's, I think we're seeing now more and more documentaries and docu-series come out because we're living in a time where people are actually like, hey, I want to tell my story. And I want it, like, I have all these creative outlets. I have all these pieces. I think I can actually put this together and really package it. Like you said, package it nicely and put it out there to people. And people have been in the house for eight months. So people are dying to just do something interesting. <laughs> it, there's always content for people to watch out there right now. That's definitely, for sure, a different key factor to this. Hear what it what inspires Zach? What inspires you to do what you do? <laughs> um, wow, I actually that's a tough one. I mean, for me, I guess wow, you kind of caught me off guard there. That's a really <laughs> tough question. Um, I guess for me, it's just being able to connect with somebody, yeah. um, being able to tell my story, being able to tell stories to people, and this is kind of what I mentioned earlier, but. Um, you know, what inspires me, especially with this hockey series was there was that little eight-year-old me, um, didn't really have a ton of friends back in elementary school, but the one thing that I loved was hockey. Um, yeah. I didn't get the chance to play growing up, sadly, just because I didn't have enough money. Yeah. Um, which is why I, what I love the Hurricanes doing with their initiatives and trying to get as many people in the game as possible. Absolutely. Um, it's so, so important. Um, but when I was younger, I didn't have a lot of friends. So for me, it was all hockey, all hockey content, watching these videos, kind of geeking out on my own. Yeah. And for me, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, you know, I didn't have a bad childhood. I have a mom and my dad. They love me very much. I have my dog. Like, yeah. I live in a pretty nice house. And there's a lot for me to be thankful for. But for a lot of kids, that may not be the same thing. Right. So being able to, for a lot of people, and actually a few other people that I know very well, hockey and sports for them is kind of what carries them. Absolutely. So giving people this content that they're going to be able to watch when they're feeling down or feeling sad or when they're alone or bored, you know, give them a little something to give them a little bit of hope and maybe just even just 20 minutes of happiness, like 
to be able to think about that, you know, for me, that's kind of what inspires me. I know that's like a really long answer, but I love it. I absolutely love it. I think that's great. And I, I connect to that so much. Um, and I think right now that's so, I think that's what everybody needs. Everybody needs that connection with people. Um, and I was kind of the same way growing up. I was not a social kid. Like I fell into sports. Like, like I said, hockey was it for me. Like that was my thing. I watched and I felt like, like I belonged with a certain group of people. Um, it's still do today. (laughs) Um, but I absolutely like, I resonate with that so much. Working on this documentary series, do you have an idea? Do you want to take this in a certain direction? Um, is there a, a general idea or direction you're going with this? As like a career or just the show in general, like where I would like it to be? I'm curious about both, actually. Um, for me, career-wise, I definitely want to be making more uh, documentary-style videos for NHL teams. Uh, that's the goal. Um, but for the team itself, it's a little tricky because obviously we're trying to bring players to want to join the team. Um, but we can't make any money off the series because we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So we can't really get sponsors for the show unless they pay us. And we like kind of show proof that you're giving us money for ice time and we're not taking it from the players' pockets. So that's kind of the big thing about it. But for the most part, for career, for me, I want to take it to an NHL team, kind of tell them, oh, hey, look what I can do for your team. Yeah. Uh, but for the show itself, it's just try to get players to say, oh, hey, this team looks like it rocks. Like these yeah. guys look like they know how to have a good time on the ice. So that's sort of what I'm trying to prove here. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and the last question I have for you is kind of how I love to finish this out with everybody. Do oh, you- I thought we were just getting warmed up. Oh, <laughs> those weren't enough hard questions that I asked you. I don't know. I mean, yeah, those are some tough ones. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You stumped <laughs> me a few times. Um, what is, do you have a piece of advice that you, um, would give somebody that's, you know, getting into social media or videography or this sports kind of world, um, that is super interested in it, that has a passion for it, but just is kind of stumbling around with it. All right. So you got a network, network, network. Yes. Um, that's the biggest thing because in sports, your talent is 20% of it. But more often than not, people are going to hire their friends. People are going to hire their mutual connections. So no matter how talented you are, like for me, I consider myself to be pretty decent. Like there's tons of people better than me. But one thing that that's going for me right now is the fact that every day I'm always at least following one person on Twitter. You know, I have at least one to two kind of connection meetings per month where I kind of link up with someone and then we kind of talk about their career and the steps that I need to take. So it's always a process, but For anyone that's just getting started really in any industry, it's all really about networking because the more people you can prove about your soft skills without putting on a resume, that that's the big part. So just network, network your butt off. I love it. it. I love it. And it's kind of what they teach you at NC state. It's like, it's who, you know, Um, and it's kind of become like the new thing. It's like, it's who, you know, and you just continue to go from there. Um, And I stand true to that. I owe a lot to uh, Pool College and NC State. Just, you know, meet the pros, the career fairs, all of that that they set up. You know, even if I don't have necessarily the skills, one thing that I know how to do now is I'm a smooth talker when it comes to interviews. So more often than not, even if I don't get a job, I know they'll message me afterwards and they'll say like, oh, you are so well-spoken. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're really good at presenting yourself. And that's kind of what 
I would want it to leave with. So the fact that pool college has taught me so much about that, I yeah. think that's one of the skills that, you know, you, you don't just have naturally, like that's picked up over time. Absolutely. I loved when we were in classes and we had the opportunity to have like many internships and getting to work with all these different um, clients and companies and just really getting that full, like you learn to build a creative and marketing creative for people and really get that expertise and getting to work with companies even before you went out to the real world. So I owe a lot to Pool College of Management too. I absolutely love it. And I'm a Wolfpack at heart. There we go. What's next for you, Danielle? Um, right now I'm a social media coordinator for a company. Um, and this company is a startup and they have never had someone in a social media position before. So I am kind of steering that ship right now, but ultimately down the road, I love to, um, have my own videography agency and be doing a ton of video. Um, and it's like a huge passion for me. So I would love to be doing that. That's, that's awesome. I love to talk to people that have an inspiration like that, that really know where they want to go. I think that's so cool, especially meeting with people that kind of have those same passions and the fact yeah. that you already know so much about videography and, you know, with the Sony and the cameras and all that, like that's yeah. really cool. And like being able to start that. I mean, considering all the people we've met over the history of Pool College, like yeah. there's enough companies you know now where you're going to be able to do that and start your own agency going forward. So that's really exciting for you. Yeah. Yeah. I keep saying it's, you know, you keep, you have to go through one door to be able to get to, you know, you have to grind, you have to do what you have to do to be able to build your resume out, to be able to get that, hey, this is what I've done. I have this expertise, but you just got to continue walking through the doors. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right, y'all. So all of Zach's socials will be linked right down below as, as well as this docu-series. You guys have to go watch this. Zach just said episode four is getting ready to come out. So I will have that linked down below as well. Um, and Zach, I appreciate you coming on here again. I really do. And I will see you guys back here next time. Bye y'all. Thank see you ya. so much, Zach. Thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode of the Conversation Series podcast. We love having conversations here. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, please rate and review. It makes a huge difference. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at DLClarty on Instagram and catch more behind the scenes of how we do these episodes of the Conversation Series. As always, I will see you guys back here next time. Bye, y'all.